Welcome back, my inquisitive friends. You join me at the desk on Thursday, the 21st of July. It is your friendly foreign agent delivering your favorite flavor of propaganda and big news this morning. Quite a few pieces to get through, so let's not hang about. Uh, today, it is reported this morning that Nord Stream gas pipeline resumed operation. Uh, it is not at full capacity right now, according to Nord Stream AG, from 0700 to 0800 Moscow time. The physical flow amounted to almost 1.9 million cubic meters, about 30% of nominal capacity. Quote, we are in the process of resuming gas transportation. It will take several hours to reach the declared volumes, Nord Stream said in a response to request from Ria Novosti. Uh, it then gives you the background. Uh, it talks about the uh, turbine, which it still claims that Gazprom have not yet received any documents on this matter. And importantly, as President Vladimir Putin noted, Gazprom is fulfilling and intends to fulfill all its obligations and is ready to pump as much gas as necessary. Some of you have commented, and I think rightly so, that this uh, notice of force majeure is more like a, a legal backstop, a, a legal uh, protection that's being given. So mess around <laughs> and find out. So let's hear from Papapu himself uh, what he had to say um, a couple of days ago about the gas situation. То, что наши партнеры перекладывают свои или пытаются переложить свои собственные ошибки на Россию, на Газпром, это не имеет по собой никаких оснований. То, что происходит с поставками энергоносителей. Посмотрите, в позапрошлом году, в первом полугодии позапрошлого года, газ в Европе стоил 100 евро за 1000 кубов. Первой половине прошлого года 250. Сегодня, ну, в эти дни, 1700 евро за 1000 кубов. Ну что происходит? Я уже об этом много раз говорил. Не знаю, стоит ли вдаваться в детали по поводу энергетической политики европейских стран, которые пренебрегли значимостью традиционных видов энергии. И сделали ставку на нетрадиционные. Они большие специалисты в области нетрадиционных отношений. Вот и в области энергетики тоже решили сделать ставку на нетрадиционные виды энергии. Солнце, значит, ветреная энергия. Зима оказалась длинной. Ветра не было. Вот и, и, и все. И все. He's not wrong, is he? Uh, one thing I know is I have noticed in recent times that <clears throat> uh, clearing his throat a lot. We'll, we'll get into that in a little minute because uh, then we'll say, oh my God, he's ill. We, we'll actually cover that topic uh, just shortly because that has popped up <laughs> in the news. Of course it has. Uh, the other big news story that the West has picked up on with both hands. Lavrov announced the expansion of the geography of the special operation in Ukraine. The tasks of the Russian military operation in Ukraine have changed and now include not only the territories of the Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republics. This was stated in an interview with Ria Novosti and RT by Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. He drew attention to the fact that the expansion of the geography of the operation was due, among other things, 
to the supply of American HIMARS multiple launch rocket systems to Kiev. Lavrov stressed that as the West provides more and more long-range weapons to Kiev, the geographical objectives of the operation will move even further from the current line. This confirms what military analysts have posited, theorized in the past, including Scott Ritter, I believe, saying that this behavior from the West and this supply of these long-range systems could indeed push Russia all the way to Lviv, all the way to the West, to the whole of, of Ukraine. Of course the West is there like, oh my God, he's going to roll across Europe. Well, okay, they'll, they'll, the West will do what the West will do. Quote, now the geography is different. This is far from being only the DPR and LPR. It is also the Kherson region, the Zaporozhye region, and a number of other territories. And this process continues and continues consistently and persistently. Sergei Lavrov. Well, that's understandable. So you liberate or whatever word you want to call it in the Donetsk and Luhansk regions. Well, what do we think is going to happen? <laughs> well, they're going to get struck by HIMARS, aren't they? So therefore the line creeps and creeps. I I can understand that logic. I didn't and say that uh, <laughs> necessarily. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can understand the logic. I'll leave it there. And it, it goes on. Uh, for more background. Uh, the final quote is from Vladimir Putin. This once again confirms that we've been talking about all the time that the NATO bloc is a vestige of a past era, the era of the Cold War. Let's head over to the BBC because I will rewind sl slightly just to the 4th of March. Do you remember the attack on the Zaporozhye nuclear plant? That Zaporozhye being one region that Sergei Lavrov has just mentioned. You remember the outrage? Outrage there was. Ukraine nuclear plant, Russia in control after shelling. Do you remember there was just a fire and the BBC lost their shit? Like, it, it was nuts. Even Zelensky chimed in here. Mr. Zelensky, meanwhile, said the attack could have caused a destruction equal to six Chernobyls, the site of the world's worst nuclear disaster in 1986. Quote, if there is an explosion, it is the end of everything. The end of Europe, he said. Russia's defense ministry blamed the attack at the time on Ukrainian saboteurs, calling it a monstrous provocation. Uh, BBC claims that Russia didn't provide any evidence. I have a feeling they did, but let's just take that at face value. Well, 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 how things change, because uh, yesterday, in fact, Enegoda reported four attacks on the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant per day. Uh, the latest being uh, four attacks by Ukrainian UAVs on the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant in a day. Uh, it was reported the last attack was recorded at 1601 MSK. On July 20th, the Zaporozhye authorities reported that Ukrainian attack drones had hit Zaporozhye nuclear power plant. Three kamikaze drones of the armed forces of Ukraine uh, took part in the attack. Um, the long and short of the story is the reactor is not damaged and radiation background is normal, according to this very short Russian uh, report. We'll now head over to the West to see what they're talking about. Are they, are they losing their minds again that a nuclear power plant has been attacked and explosions, you know, that could end Europe have taken place? Oh, no, no. Thursday, 21st July, the headline on this shit rag is... Liz Truss, new favorite to become PM. I, I need to have that. No, no, God, no. 
I sorely tempted to <laughs> renounce my British citizenship after my son's got his passport. If trust. Ugh. Anyway, okay, so let's head over actually to the BBC. Are they losing their minds? No, back again, it's Liz Truss. Um, ah, no intelligence that Putin is ill. CIG. Well, I'd say he's got a cough, <clears throat> quite a persistent cough that I've noticed over the past two years, but that's about all I can uh, tell on the health front. Key Russian pipeline resumes pumping gas to Europe 27 minutes ago. Man killed in aircraft carrier. Biden. Nope, no nuclear power plants being uh, reported. Extreme heat wave, of course. Somalia drought. Cost me £100 to fill up my tank. No. No mention at all. Oh, no faith in Russia. Germany scrambles for energy. Uh, bottlenecks on routes to export Ukraine grain. So there we go. That is... Oh, an SAS unit repeatedly killed Afghan detainees, BBC finds. Oh, war crimes much. Uh, but there we go. There's the roundup of what the BBC is talking about and the key Russian pipeline at number nine of people's concerns, uh, Philip Murdoch. Uh, being number one okay all right that's just the bbc it's understandable that they'd ignore this story over on google news syndication of uh, the western news sources we have plans to annex more parts of ukraine threats to widen its war war aims so they've really picked up so that's three of four are focusing on lavrov's uh, announcement and actually fair play to the telegraph an hour after publishing the lavrov statement uh, they report kamikaze drones strike russian controlled zaporozhia nuclear power plant let's head over to this article and see uh, kamikaze drones yep explosions heard across the city oh my god but russia's occupying officials insist reactor is not damaged and everything is fine three ukrainian kamikaze drones reportedly struck the power station on wednesday injuring a dozen employees and causing powerful explosions that were heard across the city. Why isn't Zelensky bricking it then? At least 11 employees were injured. Thankfully, none killed, it seems. But uh, obviously, there were some casualties as a result of these explosions. Ukrainian media outlets on Wednesday published videos showing plumes of black smoke rising near what has been described as a Russian military base. Um, drones probably did not mean to strike the nuclear reactors. But still, oh, quote, the main goal was to scare people and punish them for their views. The ardent supporter of the Russian occupation said. Okay. Moscow has since invited experts from the International Atomic Energy Agency to inspect Europe's largest nuclear power station, but the IAEA had to scrap a visit last month after the Ukrainian government protested against the trip, saying it would be tantamount to condoning Russian occupation. So, not that worried then. Even though it's the end of Europe, according to Zelensky, if an explosion occurs, which has done, it's not that much of a problem. Ukraine authorities have accused Russia of putting pressure on the workers of the plant. Okay, so putting pressure versus injuring 11. Yeah, beggar's belief, doesn't it? And here's that final story. The CIA director thinks Putin is too healthy. <laughs> well, he's got a cough. I'll give you that much. <laughs> CIA director William Burns called Russian President Vladimir Putin too healthy. Here's talk at the annual Aspen Institute Security Forum in Colorado. Quote, there are many rumors about President Putin's health, but as far as we can tell, he's too healthy. Uh, 
In June, the head of Chechnya, Ramzan Kadyrov, commented on reports of Putin's health, calling them nonsense. He also advised the ill wishes of the head of state, who spread false information to keep their mouths shut so that it would not be embarrassing and uncomfortable later. Quite wise words in uh, retrospect, really. And it's covering, like we've just, we've just seen it with the nuclear power plant. It's probably better that people keep their mouths shut now uh, to avoid embarrassment. There we go. And it, it goes through all the others. And yet here we have Joe Biden talking about his cancer. Didn't they say that Putin had cancer? Well, here's uh, Biden's latest speech from Delaware where he talks about um, cancer rates in there. So Biden, not particularly mentally um, athletic, <laughs> And certainly not physically athletic, but don't no, don't worry about that. Let's worry about Putin, who seems to be doing the rounds in international um, politics and doing far better than Biden, it would appear. A lot of embarrassment following Biden's Saudi trip. So once more, let's hear from President Putin, because these are also some very important words. Эти грандиозные изменения, конечно, необратимы. И как на национальном, так и на глобальном уровне идет выработка основ, принципов гармоничного, более справедливого, социально ориентированного и безопасного миропорядка, альтернативного существующему или, можно сказать, существовавшему до сих пор однополярному мироустройству, которое по своему характеру безусловно, становится тормозом для развития цивилизации. Модель тотального доминирования так называемого «золотого миллиарда» несправедлива. Ну почему вот этот золотой миллиард из всего населения планеты, почему он должен доминировать над всеми, навязывать свои правила поведения, основанные на иллюзии исключительность, она делит народы на первый и второй сорт а потому является российской и нелоколониальной по сути своей. А лежащая в ее основе глобалистская, якобы либеральная идеология все больше приобретает черты тоталитаризма. Да, конечно, этот золотой миллиард не случайно стал золотым. Добился очень многого. Но не только занял свои такие позиции благодаря каким-то реализованным идеям, в значительной степени он занял свои позиции за счет грабежа других народов и в Азии, и в Африке. Ну как же, так и было. Индион сколько грабили. <coughs> Поэтому <coughs> и сегодня элиты этого золотого миллиарда панически боятся, что другие центры мирового развития могут представить свои варианты развития. Но как бы западные и так называемые наднациональные элиты не стремились сохранить существующий порядок вещей, наступает все-таки новая эпоха, новый этап в мировой истории. И только подлинно суверенные государства могут обеспечить высокую динамику роста. Вау! I'll leave a link in the description to to these speeches so that you can go back through them again because there's a lot to unpack in there. I particularly liked what he said about the West creeping towards totalitarianism. This is the same projection we've heard against Russia, against China. And in uh, he talked about the plundering of Asia and Africa in my 
listening to channels about uh, China, it popped up from one of the lectures about someone complaining about China's involvement in Africa. And indeed, Russia has been very closely um, involved in certain areas of Africa with loans, with investments and so on. Uh, and as the person was saying about non, non-interventionist policies from China, uh, where it you know, provide these loans without the World Bank's political strings attached, you know, it's uh, really fascinating, this talk of revolution. You can understand if it makes me slightly uneasy when you talk about revolution coming out of Russia. Uh, but you know what I mean? <laughs> then this this talk of, um, you know, this golden billion. Uh, many of the points there have already been said, actually in the West, by their own populations. So... Wow. Yeah. And there's more in that speech that I could go into, but you catch my, if you you certainly won't hear that speech repeated, I don't think in Western media, will you? But uh, something very significant now is, is being born of these events. And as he said, um, it seems, it seems unstoppable. It, it seems that we certainly are steaming on this path. And yes, the West is fighting. I like the word neo-colonial. I thought that was quite uh, quite true, especially when I think of Britain's history in India and the plundering there, and the Indians uh, will no doubt educate you more on some of the actions of uh, Britain. So yeah, it's not certainly not fair to judge any country by its historical acts, uh, Britain being one of the worst offenders among others. But I will leave my, my waffle there. I will wrap this video up here, and I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.